And now, the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brandon Staten and Tyler Hansbro. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. This is Sleep Dog with the Big Hawk. What's up, everybody? It's the Big Hawk. I'm excited about this episode. I'm excited about a lot of things. Uh, some things in this episode I really don't want to talk about, but we're going to talk about it. And uh, let's go. I wonder what those are. Uh, heels look great, I thought, against Furman. Uh, really out, outperformed, uh, I think, on a lot of on a lot of levels, and then turned right around and dropped a big old squad douche right in their Christmas stocking uh, in Vegas, which Big Hawk was there. Uh, now he's on the West Coast, just chilling. It's 40 mm-hmm. degrees here in Raleigh. This dude's over here. It's got to be 80 over there. Just chilling, sunshine through the window. I'm in here. Look like I'm in a bat cave. We're going to get into that. We're getting to UNC. We're getting some little UNC football news. Uh, recruiting clash is coming in hot. Uh, some boxing over the weekend. We were just talking about. We'll get into that stuff. Uh, and, and a few other hot takes um, that Sleep Dog might start introducing to the pod. I don't know, give or take the response we get from him. But uh, first things first, got to start with the heels. Uh, I think we start with Furman. Let's start with the good news first and kind of talk about what you saw there, what we thought happened, and then what in the hell happened against Kentucky. Yeah, we'll just start against Pulilidens. And guys, I know, I know. Okay, so it's called Paladins, uh, which is it? Um, I still Paladins, yeah. So they're the Paladins, and uh, never heard that one. Uh, my high school mascot is We Are the Mules, and which is very unique, and uh, so so are the Paladins. But uh, no, against Furman, first thing I will say is, you know, I think Furman is a potential tournament team. I thought they played well. They were tough. They hit some big shots. They played hard. Um, but ultimately, I think we were much bigger than them, and I think it showed. I think uh, I'm not sure what the rebounding discrepancy was, but uh, I will say Dawson had a big game, 20 points, 10 rebounds. Armando played well, 14 points, 12 rebounds. Armando's becoming a double-double machine. I like mm-hmm. the direction that he's headed. Um, we had 18 assists, which we averaged 15.2 coming into the game, and uh, we only had seven turnovers. Listen, that is going to be the key all year. We want to have that higher assist to turnover ratio. And the more assists we get, it seems like the better we play. Assists are a sign of guys are making shots. We're passing the ball. The chemistry is there. So I really like that, uh, that stat from the game. But uh, I really thought we showed, you know, once again, we showed up in the second half, played really well. And uh, I thought it was a good dub. And I think, you know, sleep. I know you're big on Caleb. I'm big on Caleb as well. And I think when he plays well, we play really well. And I think he was starting starting to become the player that, you know, we kind of had envisioned him playing and kind of beating those expectations that we had placed on him. And I think his attitude this year has been tremendous. And I think mm-hmm. that's one main, main thing that I've seen from Caleb is his attitude has been great. And uh, I really like that. Um, so I thought Furman was a great win. And I uh, Really felt like we we're heading in the right direction. What'd you take, Sleep? Yeah, I think the same thing, man. And and Caleb in, against Furman in particular, you know, didn't shoot the ball that well. He was, uh, let's see here, three of ten from the field, two of five from three. 
but he did other things, right? He rebounded the ball, had a few assists, a couple mm-hmm. steals, only had two turnovers. So it's kind of like what we kept talking about. Like he kept uh, his head in the game and, and helped in other ways. The team in general, uh, you know, we shot okay, shot 50% with the field, didn't shoot three well, didn't shoot that well from the line. But we only had eight turnovers. You know, these are things that you should expect from playing, a, you know, kind of a lesser team. And again, we say that's not a knock against Furman. I do think they're good. But like you said, we should have won that game. We did win that game. And, um, you know, they, it was tight at half. And then, you know, we really kind of pulled away, which is what a team that's more athletic and better conditioned, you know, should do. And, um, you know, I, I liked what we saw. I think I think it was, you know, we talked about this a lot. This isn't the type of team that's going to go and play a Furman or play a Wofford or play, you know, Charleston or somebody like that and go win by 30 or 40 like we used to. Um, so it's all about just, you know, kind of feeling like like you're in it. And, and outlasting the, these these lesser teams in the long haul. So, I, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of good takeaways from, from that game, um, and it's hard to talk about that game without, like, getting your vision clouded by by what happened, you know, this weekend against Kentucky. But, no, I thought they were fine. I, I was pleased with how they played, and, um, you know, we did what we were supposed to do. And then, of course, we turned around and didn't. But, uh, yeah, I, I still think you, you, you're you looking at, at the takeaways there. And, and as we segue into the Kentucky game, I think what's going to be interesting for me is like, you know, how do we respond to that? Yeah. And, you know, one other stat I forgot to say on here, I really like the way RJ has been playing. And, and listen, I will continue to say this. RJ Davis is the key to this team. And I believe that mm-hmm. because I think Armando has been consistent enough that he's going to be, you know, he is a key player. I think if RJ can bring consistency and really start to play well and gain his confidence and and compete every single night, when he steps on the court and he brings a good attitude and he competes and plays well, we are a totally different team. We look like a top 10 team in the country uh, when he's on and he's playing well. He had seven assists that game. And he he has become one of these guys where he can get his teammates involved. and He's a much better passer than we realize. I think he's a key, but also I think he has a very natural looking jump shot. And I think mm-hmm. he's going to be a key shooter that can consistently, you cannot leave him open because his shot is so, it looks the same every single time. And it never looks like it's, you know, his form looks good. He looks like a good shooter and it goes in when mm-hmm. he's open, uh, which obviously a great sign. He's not fading away. So I think when he gets his confidence and he's scoring, he's passing the team and he's coming out with a mindset to compete. We are a totally different team. I think he is a high-level player, and I will continue to say here, I think he is an X-factor to this team. When he competes and he brings it and he comes, this team is totally different. I'm high on RJ. Yeah, I mean, I think he plays great. You know, the big big stat to go along with those seven assists is one turnover. You know, he plays smart. He plays yeah. kind of under control. He doesn't really seem to get going, you know, ahead of himself. So I agree with you completely. He's just, to me – um, you've been high on him from the start. To me, he's a bit of a surprise. And and it's not that like I, I didn't expect him to play well. I just guess I didn't expect him to play as well as he had. I mean, there's a couple games where he's been up in the you know mid to high 20s, I think, and you know, yeah. and, and playing efficient basketball. The one thing I'm I'm looking at the Furman box score that I didn't realize that I, I guess I realized, but not in the it's 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 a lot different when you look at these things in the in the box score. You know, we're essentially going with a seven-man rotation. And, you know, your starters are logging 30 minutes a game uh, or in this game in particular. I mean, Baycott only had 28, but essentially 30. You got Manic at 19 and then you got Harris at 12. And essentially no one else really made any meaningful contribution. And I'm curious because one of the things we talked about earlier, you know, especially a guy like Kerwin, 
And, you know, pick your other guy, right? Uh, like Harris is, is, is obviously in the rotation in this game to a, to a lesser degree. But, you know, to me, I don't know if I'd say it's concern. It just gives me, makes me wonder when, you know, you're playing a team like Furman and you're not getting any sort of rotational, you know, exposure. And I haven't gone back. We'll go to Kentucky next. But I guess that gives me a little bit of pause. Is like, hey, man, we had talked about how deep we thought this team would be. Like, man, it got off to a good hot start. Harris has looked good when he's been in. Um, but those guys didn't seem to, uh, you know, to play much in this game. Kerwin has kind of become an afterthought. You got Styles and McCoy. Like, those guys are, you know, sort of on the on the peripheral. Um you know, you got you got the five guys you got rolling out there are great, but you know you got to spell them at some point. And um, I don't know, I don't, I don't know if that's anything worth digging deeper into, or if you got any input on that. But no, that's a very good. Uh, that is a great point. And the five guys are good. Great would be a stretch. I don't think they're talented or proven enough to be mm-hmm. considered great. But you make a good point. And um, at some point, I would say, you know, you never know when an injury is going to creep up, but you know, it's on the, those guys to come to practice and fruit and to come out there and compete and, sh- you know, make a point to Coach Davis. And I think somewhere along the line, that old school mentality, and this is not UNC specific, and this is why I don't like the transfer portal uh, where midseason, I think that should be delayed until after the season because a lot of guys, you know, it creates this mindset, well, things aren't going my way. I'm going to enter the transfer portal. I First of all, I'm not saying that's what's happening here. What I am saying is, you know, guys got to come out there and prove it in practice. And I, I this is just speculation on my behalf. Guys got to come out there and prove it. And when they get those times and when they get one or two minutes, even three minutes, mm-hmm. you got to make the most of those minutes. Okay. Right. You got to show, you got to prove that. I do think at some point we'll see some guys kind of break through and, and do that. You saw DeMarco come into mm-hmm. uh, the Kentucky game a little early, which I, I could see Coach Davis trying to get a spark from somewhere besides Armando in that game. And it seemed like, you know, RJ was, you know, he didn't have his best game, so he's trying to mix it up. I am high on Dontrez. I think Dontrez is going to yep. be a great key to this game. Uh, he just got a, you know, he's young. They're both young, DeMarco and Dontrez, but I think they're going to be good players. And I think they will prove themselves. And I think at some point in the season, they could be maybe some guys we look to in the rotation as the season gets longer or there's an injury. But there's going to be somebody on this team that's going to come through and break through. You know, right now, I would say you just got to prove that. And I have no problem with a, a smaller rotation than mm-hmm. normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a, you know, this is a college season. It's not the NBA. Uh, this whole rest management, injury yeah. prevention, like uh, mentality, it seems like it's going on in professional sports. It, I mean, it has its advantages, but, you know, these guys aren't 35-year-old no. pros that, you know, have years under their belt. You know, these are young 20, yeah. 21-year-old yeah. college kids. These kids got to be this going is, nonstop. You put you, – you what you do is you take your foot and you put it on the gas and you don't let off of it, yeah. okay? Because that's how you win games. And we're not, you know, we'll just be honest. This isn't the most talented UNC Mm -hmm. team. But what they can do is they can bring a mindset and bring it every single night, compete, have great chemistry. We have good players. We have talented enough players to be one of the best teams in the country. Mm-hmm. And so I do believe that. And I think they'll they'll prove that before it's all said and done. But yeah, I mean, at some point, you know, kids got to prove it, come out. And I think we'll see somebody break through those rotations. I have no problem with the shorter rotation right now. Uh, we have good players playing. It's just, you know, we'll see what happens later on down the year, see if somebody does break into that rotation. 
Yeah, we got into, a, you know, they got some more exposure in, in the Kentucky game, largely because the game was just out of hand. But, you know, you see you see a, 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 a different distribution for sure. And to the point, it was one of the, it was interesting because after that game, I went to, I, I very rarely mess with Twitter. Like, I just kind of look at it every now mm-hmm. and then if something interesting happens. But I was like, what better place to find out what the sentiment is now that we just got the doors blown off of us and, and really yeah. see what people are thinking. And, of course, overreaction central in there. And I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that you shouldn't uh, start scratching your head on a few things after a loss like that. I mean, it's the worst loss we've had in a decade. But, you know, everybody's, you know, losing their shit over it. You know, it was interesting to me to see just, to, I guess, just to be reminded of how ridiculous the fans are in, in any sport for any team. They're freaking out. But, you know, it, it wasn't pretty. But, you know, you start to look like, you know, we got out-rebounded by, a you know, what I felt like, or at least, you know, um, Saturday was just a superior team. We made one three out of 13 attempts. I mean, they had eight out of 15. It shot 53%. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. that's open looks. I mean, they were getting a lot of open looks because, buddy, <laughs> old sleep dog could have probably knocked a couple down in that one, uh, given the defense we were playing. And then, you know, we just didn't shoot the ball well from the floor at all. And of course, they the biggest thing to me is, and a lot of this has to do with the rebound disparity, is, you know, they took 20 more shots than we did. You know, yeah. you're playing a good team, dude. Like, you know, you're not going to keep up with that kind of volume. Yeah, I mean, Kentucky coming into the game was ranked 291st in three-point percentage in the country. You know, they happened to have their best game against us. There's a reason they had their best game against us. We didn't come out, and they could have competed better, uh, point blank. This isn't one of those things where you just wipe it clean. You know, guys got to come out there and compete. You know, I've said it before on the podcast, I'm not criticizing anybody individually. That's not what we do here. But I will say, like, the mindset in college, if you don't score, there's too much emphasis on scoring. You know, that's one thing what I really like about Leakey is he he has embraced this year what he does best defensively. Mm-hmm. He's It's like he's coming out defensive. And you see Hubert talking about it all the time. I love the way Leakey's playing right now. He's giving him confidence. He's going out there playing defense. And you see Leakey embrace that. You know, what we got to do as a team, when I watched the game, the Wheeler kid just destroyed us. You know, in our notes, I put, it's been a while since I've seen Ole, 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 <laughs> the Ole defense. And that's what I call is where you see somebody with a full head of steam going downhill, which is, you know, if you take somebody running downhill as fast as they can at you, you just get out of the way and you go, Ole, 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 Ole. And then you let them shoot a layup. Now, <laughs> that the is, up, uh, so to speak. <laughs> The old lay layup. And, uh, you know, I saw too much of that. Uh, the help side defense could have been just a touch better. I felt like we didn't help the helper yesterday. And that's when somebody gets blown by or, you know, it's like the 911 defense. Uh, somebody gets beat one on one. There's supposed to be somebody contesting them at the rim. And I think Armando getting into foul trouble early. Mm-hmm. Armando has the ability to block shots. He's long, he has a good body, he can get off the floor pretty quickly. And he's been like that, that shot blocker at times. Yeah. And uh, you see sometimes these teams where they have this seven foot that can't, you know, he, his hands, he couldn't catch a stick of glue. But he jumps around the rim and he blocks shots. And what he does is he makes a difference. He can test everything. And that makes a huge difference. I don't really think we had that against Kentucky. We had too many people concerned with their own man scoring mm-hmm. where, you know, help side could have been better. And also, like you said, Sleep, you brought it up. We just got hammered on the yeah. boards. And that's one thing I noticed is the, you know, their big kid, uh, Oscar, 
Tweeby. Uh, I know I butchered that. Um, but I think the they guy were butchering had, that one on TV too. Maybe that was a different game I was watching, but nobody wanted any piece of that name. In fairness, Tshibi. they call it. Uh, yeah. Uh, Oscar, don't take offense to that. It'll be somebody will say it much worse than me. I can barely say, say my name. Maybe right? Shibwe. 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 That's my that's my guess Shibway. at it. Probably even worse. All right, <laughs> guys. I man, send us some. Yeah, we're we'll continue this, but yeah, we'll um, get a English. We'll get our somebody send us a Rosetta Stone English for uh, <laughs> for Christmas, and we'll we'll see, see if we can't polish it up on our on our uh, first language here. Oh man, he had 16 points, 12 rebounds in 22 minutes. That's pretty good stuff. I mean, so yeah. that's a rebound, uh, pretty much. You know, he's averaging a rebound under two minutes. Yeah. Um, a great rebounder averages one rebound per three minutes. That's considered a great rebounder. Mm. If this were analytically breaking down throughout the season, he'd be the greatest rebounder maybe to ever play in college. <laughs> so you know, definitely got destroyed on the boards. You know, what we did is we didn't shoot it. We were one for 13 from three-point range. That's never going to work out. And mm-hmm. when you have nine assists and 12 turnovers, anytime you have more turnovers than assists, you know, this has been such a key for me, you're going to struggle. Listen, the outcome of a game is never going to be good when you have more turnovers than assists. Assists are a sign that guys are, are making shots, getting their confidence. And like we said, turnovers have been a key. Me and you have talked about sleep. 12 turnovers. I mean, that's, that's not too bad, but it's not too good. But when you have nine assists, it's never going to work out. It was a tough one to watch. I was there in person and on the way to the game, I passed the sports betting site. And I said, mm-hmm. this one's, this one's for SHWW. Here's a hunch, put a hundo into the machine, picked UNC. It was over right there. Going <laughs> off my luck in Vegas. As soon as the guys, this one's on me. As soon as I placed that bet, you could have just buried that game. And it happened to be our worst loss in 10 years, like you said, sleep. Mm. Guys, to the listeners out here, you got to know the show better than this. I know the few of you that listen, you know the show better than this. Old Sleep Dog comes on, tries to do the heels of solid by picking them to lose. Because if you listen, you know that what I say, the opposite happens. So I pick us to lose a close one. You know, and then I get burned for it. Everybody's in the DMs talking shit about Sleep Dog picking us to lose. This is your first day of the show, man. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to help, man. Um, I'm putting my ego aside and doing what's right for the the greater good here. And uh, yeah, it didn't seem to work either way. So uh, yeah, just look, man. Didn't pass eye test. You know, we just got the shit kicked out of us, and that happens sometimes. Uh, yeah. And, you know, again, like, I feel like we've been pretty lenient on the team so far, much more lenient on basketball than when we were um, on football this season. And, and you know, you got App State next, then you get a conference play with Virginia Tech. Well, Wednesday of next week is when we start conference play. Or, well, we've already had one game, but, you know, started more in earnest. So, you know, it all is, you know, how, how you're going to bounce back. And this part is what's interesting to me. If we're being realistic, we've already said it like this isn't the greatest team we've ever had. Uh, it's probably mm-hmm. not even up there, you know, in the and maybe it's in the top half, but barely. It's a very average team. Got a lot to prove. It could be could be a lot better. It just is just time yeah. will tell. And you got to bounce back. And, and that's the thing, I guess, that that is really going to tell us whether this team is going to, you know, forge its way toward the top or sort of just fade into sort of obscurity in the pantheon of great Tar Heels team or all Tar Heels teams because 
you know, loss like that, dude, you're going to see what you're made of when the, when you when you got the next uh, next set of games. Yeah, yeah, sleep. And I will say this, and you see this in sports a lot. You have these ultra talented teams. That doesn't just because you're talented doesn't mean you're going to win. And just because we would say this isn't the most talented team that we've had, we have pieces to be a great team. Oh yeah, we have we have the capability of coming together and building that chemistry and working on it and becoming a great team. We'll find out, you know, what these guys are built of. But you know, after a loss like this, great teams come back. They work. Okay, this is something where they refocus. In sport, you never put your head down and you pout and feel sorry about yourself. I don't care what your record is. If you're 0 and 50, you come out there on the 51st game. That could be your first win to start a, you know, start some momentum towards a great season. But you know what you do right now is you come in there and you compete, you refocus, and you have practices. This isn't the time to get some rest. You know, we just got blown out by Kentucky on the big stage in Vegas. I call it the Vegas Massacre. What you do is you come in there and you you compete, you get better, and you work. And if I'm on the bench, I'm going at the starters. I'm coming out there going 100%. Nah, I want to play. You guys play like that? I'm not playing? Yeah. I'm going to prove to Coach, Coach Davis that, hey, I want to play. You know, that's what I would do if I was on the bench. So we'll see what we're made of. You know, we've already, we're one and oh in conference. We beat Georgia Tech. All right, let's go beat Virginia Tech yeah. and be two and oh and put ourselves in good conference because that's what it's about. This is yeah. this loss in Vegas is not a conference game. So that's that's uh, the beauty take, of it. Yeah. So if there's one positive, we'll take that. Yeah, so. I think you know that you bring up a great point. We can finish on that as far as basketball is concerned. Is like, man, now you get to sort of like draw a line in the sand and forget about all this shit and go focus on the conference. You got a head start. You're one and oh in the conference. Go attack that, you know, and and just, you know, <clears throat> grit your teeth a little bit, roll your sleeves up and and want it, you know, and there's nothing wrong with getting yeah. the shit kicked out of you every now and then it happens, you know, to even, even a lot of good teams in their great years had, had losses that, you know, just didn't make any sense. And, and, and this is just one of those, one of those things, hopefully for the Tar Heels, what they need is to get a call from, uh, the dude that coaches the Lions. You see, these guys beat the Cardinals yesterday. We're not going to get on all these guys, but I mean, wow. dude, wow. These dudes are awful. I mean, bad news bears just, just taking it to the Cardinals yesterday. I love the Lions coach. Love have the you guy. Heard, do you, have you heard his like morning routine coffee wise? Uh, it's right no. up there. It's right up there with you sleep. Oh, he boy. Goes, to, goes to Starbucks and he gets the biggest coffee. What is it? A venti? A yeah, venti? it's one of those so French words. Or something. Yeah, so yeah. An enormous, basically a gallon of coffee, and then they drop like three or four espresso shots in there, and he just downs it. Get fuel. If I was, I wouldn't even open the door. I would just break the doors down, ready for practice. Just run right through it, head first. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, just blast through a center block wall. I don't know. If, I don't know the dude's name. I don't know. Jared Goff, I think, is the only only lion I know. Um, but dude. Hats off to those guys, and I think that's that's really uh, I, I've enjoyed sort of watching them because they've lost a lot of close games. Dude, the guy mm-hmm. was bawling his eyes out if they got their asses kicked one day, and you can tell it, it's it's amazing that you can be on such a bad team, and the players just love the guy, and yeah. so I kind of like those storylines. It's like, dude, you know, you got to you got to commend the whole organization. I don't know about ownership and all that shit, but like. The players and the coaches, man, you got to commend them for, uh, you know, for for acting like that. Dude, as I'm going through this, and we didn't really have a plan once we got past uh, UNC basketball, but I'm I'm surfing on on the web here, and it looks like 117 Eastern. It is 306 right now 
NC State Wolfpack men's basketball program put on one-year probation. Former coach Mark Godfrey gets one-year show cause order. I don't know what that means. Uh, I had totally forgotten about this NC State shit. Seems like a slap on the wrist to me. Anyway, just listen. Happened. I'll comment on this. Godfrey's an asshole. I it, whatever Godfrey. I don't care who's the coach there. Their fans have been they've they've been inconsiderate and they've been assholes to UNC for a long time. And they bitch and complain about a lot of things. And we didn't get anything from this so-called scandal that they built up from us. Now the fact is that they've come out, they've had this FBI investigation, they've had more NCA people on their campus investigating this stuff. The real thing is for the NCA and where it is now and how the NIL is allowing players to be paid, the fact that they're even handing them a punishment, I think it says how corrupt they were actually being uh, at NC State. So you guys, before you, you know, throw stones any at any other place, look at yourself. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, take a good long look in the mirror and, you know, where the source is coming from is my opinion deserves zero credibility. When you guys talk about UNC and thinking that what we did here was wrong, you guys look at yourself and tell us that you guys aren't doing anything wrong before you come and point your finger at anybody else. Yeah. Oh, clown show over there. Anyway, like I said, I just, uh, that one just popped up in the feed while I was, while I was surfing around here. And, uh, I just thought that was, uh, you know, had to talk about it. Did you watch this uh, Jake Paul fight this weekend, dude? I didn't watch it. I don't think most people, I don't know. You got to be crazy to pay all that money to watch. He knocked that dude out, bro. Like, it was vicious. Dude, I loved it. And I will say this, man. This dude, I don't know if he's a fighter or not, but anybody they put in the ring with him, he was leveling him. I mean, this guy is coming to fight. Yeah, dude. Like, I don't know. I get that allegedly none of these guys are boxers, right? But I don't give a shit. I don't think this dude is, he, you know, he wasn't a boxer either. And, like, dude, they putting people in front of him. He is just, dude, he, that, I don't know who was bigger. I mean, because Jake Paul looks like a big dude. Um, <laughs> dude, Woodley, he hit him. Like, I, I don't know if you heard it. Like, if you listen to the video, it's like, bro, that guy might not get up. I mean, he, that was one of the best knockouts. Now, I'm not saying all the time. But it's up there. Like, if you, you know, it's one of the best knockout punches I've Dude, ever seen. Somebody in the front row got sweat on him from that guy getting clocked. I was like, man, I, I was with you. Man, I was with you. I was like, man, is this guy going to get up? That was a hell of a hit. Man, this guy can, he can throw. Dude, it's so, yeah, now it's interesting. Like, I, I, you know, look, like it or not. And I don't really like the guy, uh, Paul, Jake, or whatever his brother is. Like, but I think and we've talked a little bit about this. Like they're great follows, and I, I have a, a ton of risk. I ain't getting in the ring with him. So uh, he comes calling me if he's looking at me, you know, hey, look, man, I don't like you to a point, but you know, you try to fight me. I'm gonna tell you how much I changed my mind. I love you, dude. You're great. because uh, you knocked my ass out. But you know, what they're doing is they're great promoters. You can argue with kind of results, whether you like it or not. Boxing's all about ego. Uh, those guys got plenty of that. And uh, it made it fun, dude. Like, like it or not. We're talking about it. We watch it. I'm sharing it with my friends. Everybody's talking. You know, everybody is is interested in it. And nobody's been interested in boxing in a long time. And mm -hmm. so I think they've really they've really landed on. So because, dude, even Mayweather, like as great as Mayweather is, like those lightweight guys don't knock each other out much because they're too small. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You watch two dudes that are 200, 250, whatever the hell those guys weigh, just slugging it out. And a dude, like, I mean, you knock out a guy. As big as Woodley or whatever tight, what is it? What his name is? Do you knock a guy out that big? Like, 
That's impressive. And he fell yeah. like a damn tree in the woods, dude. Listen, guys, if you're not following this guy on social media, he is a hilarious, first of all. I mean, he is creative. Like him or not, this guy is funny. Um, he clocked him sleep. I'm, I'm worried about Woodley. But, damn, that, yeah. bro, that dude needs to go. I hope they're checking that guy out as we speak. Um, one of the other things that happened over – there's been a lot of stuff that happened since we last – Let's talk. Let's chat on a few of them before we get out of here. But um, what do you think, dude, about uh, you played against Steph Curry, right? Mm-hmm. So he broke the three-point oh, yeah. record. Um, he's a fascinating guy to me. Like, again, Steph's not my favorite player. Like, I don't know why. Like, I don't dislike him. He's just like not – I'm not like a huge Steph Curry fan. But damn, I respect this guy, dude. It's unbelievable how good he is at basketball. Yeah. Well, first of all, you got to, this guy has changed the dynamic of basketball. I mean, I mean, I'm not sure basketball would have the three point uh, emphasis that it does today if it wasn't for Steph Curry. Uh, he has literally changed the way the game has, is being played. No, I'm, I'm super excited for him and what he's, what he's accomplished, especially uh, coming from the same draft class as him and That's competing right, yeah. against him and uh, also going to Davidson. You know, not many pros have come from Davidson. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we have one of the best players of all time uh, from Davidson. I was actually his roommate in the NBA in the NBA draft. No way. Uh, which, yeah, which is a weird – I mean, it's kind of weird. Sad. Didn't, we didn't really talk that much because he was gone a lot. But he has had a hell of a career. And what he's done for the game has been unbelievable. So I was happy to see him accomplish it. Yeah, he's had much more success than I think anybody could imagine. And so I respect how he's come from – you know, being looked at somebody who probably won't play in college to all of a sudden being one of the best of all time. So, yeah, dude, his rookie card at last check, I was going to try to pull it up while you were on there, but I wasn't fast enough. I know you're not super into cards. What were you going to say? But the one odd thing is while you're pulling up that card, did you see Spike Lee like doing all these pictures and stuff? That was extraordinarily weird. I don't get, like, are they, like, is he doing something with stuff, like a movie? I don't know. Like, what was up with that? Like, I find it kind of odd that Spike Lee was laying on the floor <laughs> taking pictures of Steph and his family. I was just like, are you close with the family? I don't get the dynamic here. Why is Spike Lee doing all this stuff? And me and my friends were talking about it, and it didn't really make a lot of sense to me. But, you know, I guess since it happened in uh, the garden, it kind of is fitting that he's there. Uh, I don't think he's ever been there the most normal person, but yeah. yeah, I could see him trying to profit off of it for sure. Um, and, and who could blame him? I'm trying to find the card. I didn't see it. I'm, I'm not seeing it right now, but last check PSA 10 Bowman Chrome refractor, Steph Curry, rookie card, $400,000 on eBay. I mean, granted that's the asking price, but I mean, this card's worth six figures easy, which is unreal, man. Um, this is weird ass little picture of him in a t-shirt, like grinning, like he's at his school pictures or something. Um, Cause that's the other funny thing is like all his rookie cards, dude, he looks like he's 11, but um, <laughs> anyhow, dude, so much crazy stuff going on. Um, dude, Tiger played with his son over the, uh, over the weekend. That was fun to watch. Uh, we, we, we could get into all kinds of stuff, but running out of time here. Hey, the D will versus uh, Frank oh, yeah, Gore yeah, thing. Yeah. That was a good knock. I mean, he didn't knock him out, but I thought Frank Gore was going to destroy D. Oh, Will. yeah, dude. Darren How do you live for 20 NBA years player. in the National Football League as a running back and get knocked out by Dur- Deron Williams, dude? Deron, I mean, 
I mean, he unit not two, only though. knocked him out, but like he was like his hands look good. And uh, I guess you know you just can't run through people in the ring. Did you see that, that slow think, motion like, of Frank Gore's face? <laughs> oh my god! I mean, he, he was like, "What did I get into?" Oh man. <laughs> Oh boy. Anyway, yeah, so much stuff going on. We uh, anything else you want to get into, Big Hawk? Just stay safe. Just stay safe, everybody. Merry Christmas. We're taking next week off. Like us, follow us on Instagram and uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, man. Rate us five stars. That's what we want for Christmas. We'll see you next year. Stay safe.